With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think. Whatever you know. Whatever you feel. Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White.
I love. That is my favorite song. As we close out Love Matters Month, I had to play it because that reminds me of my mother. She loved Natalie Cole. And anything that reminds me of my mother reminds me of my father. And we're talking about conversations tonight. And it is going to be awesome, fabulous, another real relevant and refreshing show. So before we get started, I want to say hello to all the listeners out there online and listening by calling in. I'm your host, Tanya White, and I'm just so excited. This has been a month. uh, February, our Love Matters shows have taken me to another level. Each show has gotten better and better, and I've learned so much from them, and tonight is no different. Uh, And so we're talking about conversations tonight, and that is from... Brother Minister Alan Stewart, uh, who just released his book, Just When I Thought, with his lovely wife, Angie Stewart. Uh, and that is what his message is for the brothers. He's going to have some conversations, some topics from the book, all about uh, what men deal with and they can't say, uh, talk to it, but to a man. So we're going to get into that tonight. Also, we're going to have a boast about your book segment. Uh, we've got a book called Happily Never After. Happily Never After, and I'm looking at the uh, chapter titles on here, and I'm excited to bring Ms. Jones on in just a few minutes. But also, as we're talking about conversations, we're going to be talking about faith, fatherhood, and the future of what healthy families look like. And I am excited to have my brother, Joe White, on here, who is my baby brother. I love him. He is uh, Joe Jr., he is the, what my father has poured into him, and I love watching him not only be a great man and a husband, but an awesome, awesome father to my golden cupcake, Justin, and my chocolate drop, JoJo. So he's going to give us some little tips on uh, about being young, being a professional, married father, and what he learned from our father to shaping his fatherhood for his children that he loves and who love him to death. So it's going to be a great show tonight as we close out Love Matters, Manversations. Um, if you're just uh, tuning in and this is your first show, shame on you, but we're glad to have you. Listen, we're here every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you missed any of our shows and you want to go back, go back to our archives. We've had some great shows. In fact, we are 116 shows in over the course of since Real Talk has been in uh, was birth, oh, in 2008 we took a break, a hiatus, and we came back in November 2018. And since then we are of all time listens. We are almost 50,000 downloads uh, of of all time listens. So we are excited. We are 60 downloads away from officially hitting that. So after the show. Go listen to 60 shows. We got 116, so you can listen to them uh, to get us to that 50,000 mark. Uh, And it's just a milestone of what uh, can do, what you can do and God can do when you follow what he tells you to. So if you don't know who I am, visit my website at TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color. I am a radio host, uh, author, book coach. I have six books out officially, getting ready to release my seventh book entitled Yes, I Am Enough, The Next Level, Loving, Living, and Sharing Your Enoughness, which will also uh, come with a book release and empowerment conference. Uh, we got some some speakers that are going to take us to another level. If you attended last year and you're still 
uh, manifesting the results from last year, just get ready for April 6th. It's not going to be a duplication. It's going to be a total, total something new. God's going to take us to what? The next level. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to have some of the guests, some of the psalmists on in a couple of weeks. And so get ready for that. But tonight, like I said, this conversations tonight. We're talking about all conversation about men, what men go through. Uh, brother Allen is going to lead that conversation. I'm going to have my brother on. But before we get started, we have to bring some uh, feminine energy to the program. You know I'm all about balance. And so in our Boast About Your Book segment, we have Angel M. Jones. She is the author of Happily Never After, Finding Contentment. Uh, let me get it right, honey, because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on these chapters already. I'm ready to dig in. Let me get the whole title, Happily Never After, Finding Contentment in the Never After. So we're going to bring her on, and she's going to tell us what uh, prompted her to write such a, uh, a book with a great title, but then we're going to dig into some of these wonderful chapters. I'm telling you, Healing the Mother Wound, Daddy's Ladybug, Beauty is Only Skin Deep. Hey, she's got a lot to tell us about. And this is her first time on the show, so make her feel welcome. And we know it's not going to be her last time. So welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Miss Angel Jones. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thank you. Thank you for being on, and thank you for writing this book with this topic, (laughs) Happily Never After. Uh, I've been looking at the titles. The the title of the book alone captivated me. But before we dig in, because I'm excited, I want you to tell our audience who you are in your own words um, and Mm -hmm. what prompted you to write Happily Never After. Okay. Um, Again, my name is Angel Jones, and I am a minister. I'm an author. I'm a life transformation coach. I'm a teacher. And, uh, of course, those are titles, but Mm -hmm. in my life, uh, based on who I am as a person, as a woman, I'm also a single mom. Um, Mm -hmm. And my daughter is now (laughs) 40-some years old, and uh, I have three grandchildren. And the pinnacle of this book is the fact that after 20, 25 years of marriage, uh, I'm sorry, of Um, ministry, I Mm -hmm. never married. And Mm -hmm. when I first became a Christian in my early 20s, that was the one thing. You know, we all have that one thing that we're believing for. And it was interesting because prior to becoming a Christian, because Mm -hmm. of life experiences, I really did not want to get married. I had vowed I would never get married. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. becoming a Christian, studying God's word, learning God's ways, I desired Mm -hmm. then to become a Christian. And God just had a different plan. And Mm -hmm. so after years of serving in ministry, praying and believing God, being disappointed, heartbroken, relationship failures, um, Mm -hmm. I just got to a place where I had to admit, okay, possibly I'm going to be one of those that maybe God's not going to ever have me to marry. So Mm -hmm. I had to wrestle with that. I had to wrestle Mm. with God. I had to wrestle with that issue. I had to, you know, wrestle wrestle with scripture that said I could have anything my heart desired, right, if I Mm -hmm. believed God. And so um, I had to just kind of work through through those issues. 
and got to a place where I could honestly say I was seeking contentment. And Mm. so I've always felt that I would write a book. In the beginning years before actually uh, publishing this book, I had felt like I would just write about my life journey as a, you know, a woman in ministry. I'm Mm -hmm. an adopted parent. I adopted Mm -hmm. at 21 years old. So even that is another story in itself. It's another book in itself. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I kind of thought I would write about those different issues. But, you know, it just kind of came to a a culmination of life experiences. Um, Just before I did finally publish, I had gone through about five years prior, I had gone through a really bad breakup um, Mm -hmm. where I was engaged and it didn't work out. And, you know, I was just, I got physically ill um, mm-hmm. I was in, emotionally and spiritually distraught. And so it just, the, the the writing of the book, the publishing, was what God gave me to walk mm-hmm. through the healing. Wow. Listen, you have just opened so many uh, questions in my mind because, like I said, the, the title alone is captivating, Happily Never After, Finding Contentment in the Never After, but Amen. hearing the backstory on how you came to even write that is mm-hmm. even more profound uh, because you're right. We believe God for certain things, and you know, and, mm-hmm. and when especially when you're in ministry, and you, that that triggered me. Some there are some. Uh, I know when I first got into uh, ministry, uh, we had to read this book, "The Myths That Mire the Ministry," and that book yes. was about all the myths. <laughs> That uh, mess up, mess us up in ministry, but we mm-hmm. think it is 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 heard, but it's really a myth. And uh, reading yeah. that book, being a, a um, coming into ministry, uh, and and reading that book, that really opened mm-hmm. my eyes um, to some of the things that the myths that even I thought before I saw other ministers. I'm like, oh. They this and they that. They don't never have right. any struggles. God is always with them. They always mm-hmm. get what they want. That mm-hmm. is a myth. Uh, and so happily never after. My goodness. this. Let's dig into that. Thank you so much for sharing. If you just joined Real Talk with Tony mm-hmm. White, we're talking to Angel M. Jones, author of Happily Never After, Finding Contentment in the uh, Never After. So, I, like I said, I'm, I'm loving these chapters that you uh, that you wrote about. And you are so right. Mm-hmm. When you write it is a healing, uh, and most people don't understand it until they write a book. It is healing right. that comes from that. Healing comes exactly. from a writing. So the first exactly. chapter, the mother wound, healing the mother wound, what is that about? So basically the book is about my life. It's about mm-hmm. my, um, you know, the my birth, how mm-hmm. I was conceived, um, you know, growing up, going into ministry, uh, not really growing up in a Christian home, how God changed my life, how he transformed me. It's my mm-hmm. transformation story. So mm-hmm. the first chapter is actually sharing how I grew up and even more so how I was actually conceived. I am mm-hmm. 61 years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom just passed. Actually, she had just passed, and the writing of the book was also a part of the healing of the grief that I was experiencing mm-hmm. as a result of her death. 
But I was able to talk with her over the years and find out the father who had raised me was not actually my birth father. He was not actually my biological father. The interesting Mm. thing is that my mother really did not know for sure. And she pretty much assumed, and, you know, I'm very uh, careful in the book to make sure that I respect her Mm -hmm. as a woman. Mm -hmm. But she was also a believer. We had a very close relationship. And she was very open to my sharing our story because she Mm -hmm. recognized that it was our story together. And so I share just the struggles that we went through, but how her challenges in life Mm. affected me. And so I'm talking about generational curses, generational Mm. challenges and problems and dysfunctions and the way that so many of us never really address root causes for things that we go through in our lives. So wow. that's what healing the mother wound is really about. Jesus. And listen, we talked about uh, root, uh, healing from the root and pulling stuff up from the root last week. It is so important because mm. we, we, we're, yes. especially in this day, we're living in a society that's very superficial that wants to just mm-hmm. deal with surface level and put on the yes. mask, as my sister Brenda Richmond Davis says, uh, to hide the truth of who we are, but we can't hide it forever because That's right. like we, we, they said last week, on, somebody said on the show, when the root is uh, foul and, and, and contaminated, yes. the fruit is going to be. And so if yes. you keep trying to hide it, you can cover it up so you don't see it, but there's going to be a stench from the contamination. Right. And so you got exactly. to get to that root. you got to get mm-hmm. to that root. I love what you said, your mm-hmm. mom's um, struggles affected you and that is so yes. true as parents mothers fathers we've got to realize and i'm just realizing now both my parents are deceased but mm-hmm. just, as, in my maturity uh now i'm understanding i'm their age when they when they were raising me and i understand i'm still right. w- discovering who i am and so right. i can imagine them discovering who they who trying to discover who they are dealing with the struggles exactly. and you know back then if we had an issue or a problem, nobody in the family mm-hmm. wanted to talk about it. <laughs> That's right. And, exactly. And therapy was not n- not prevalent right. as, as it is That's today. Right. So I can imagine all the the stuff that they had to suppress um, yes. and wanted to get out. And so yes. I, I'm loving that healing the mother room. And I know mm-hmm. we're not going to get through all of it, but I want to talk mm-hmm. about because I'm a daddy's girl. Uh, Daddy's okay. Ladybug, the blessing of a yeah. good, good father. Can you yeah. tell us what this chapter is about? So I felt like I needed to talk about both of my parents. Both of my parents also are deceased. And my father that raised me, like I said, I came to find out eventually that it is believed that he was really not my biological father. However, the relationship that we had from birth because my mother was with him by the time I was born. She met my dad early in the relationship. She then uh, had left an abusive marriage, which I talk about in the first chapter. And because in that time, when a child was born, if you were married, unlike today, your uh, husband, the husband you were still married to 
had to be put on the birth certificate as Mm -hmm. the biological father. Mm -hmm. So that brought about confusion. It brought about condemnation, you know, all of those things. And my dad, he accepted me, the father who raised me. He knew the situation. Mm -hmm. They didn't know if my mother was actually pregnant when she met him because when they came together, you know, she just wasn't sure. So mm-hmm. once she found out she was pregnant, she had this internal struggle going on. Mm-hmm. So my dad, he accepted me. He adopted mm-hmm. me. He loved me. So when I, by the time I found out all of this confusion, all mm-hmm. I knew was to cling to the man who had loved me, who had shown me favor, who wow. had accepted me. But the story goes on, the chapter goes on to talk about challenges because he and my mom eventually divorced, and mm-hmm. it affected me even deeper. And so just wanting to help people to understand, especially in today's society, because yes. we, we have so many children born who do not know their fathers. Mm-hmm. And I really felt it was important to share my personal perspective to try to really help people, especially women, young women, to understand how important it really is to make sure that you are very careful, number one, about selecting who you're going to spend your life with and really working. Can you say that? (laughs) Okay. And and how it's going to affect, you know, (laughs) how how that's going to affect the child that you're bringing into the world. And so, yeah, so I talk about how he loved me, how we had this great relationship. I was his favorite of all of his children. I was Mm -hmm. his daddy's lady, daddy's Mm -hmm. lady bug. And that's where that term of endearment and the title came from. Wow. And you, oh, I've got to have you back because you said something. There was a, when your mother was pregnant, there was an internal Mm -hmm. struggle that she had. Oh, yeah. And, and, And so that really... That that affected you, and um, and more so her because she was struggling while carrying a gift from God, even though she didn't think it was. But her struggle exactly. uh, when you were born, uh, and I'm a I'm a school counselor by profession, so I'm, I'm always mm-hmm. in counselor mode. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She birthed, you know, what she was feeling. She birthed that, and mm-hmm. then what she birthed, she saw in you. So she still struggled. She still struggled. And yes. at, at that time, it was, oh, my goodness. Oh, I've got to have you back. Let, <laughs> tell us tell us how people can, first of all, get the book and stay contacted to you, and then we're going to close out. How can okay. people get your book? Okay, so you can get the book on Amazon. You could just Google. Um, Happily Never After, the book comes up, Finding Contentment in the Never After, um, by my name, Angel M. Jones. However, Mm -hmm. what I would like to do tonight is if anyone is interested, because if you uh, purchase it through Amazon, of course, you have to pay for shipping, unless Mm -hmm. you have Amazon Prime. But what I will do, the book is $15. What Mm -hmm. I will do is if they contact me, they can do so by uh, emailing me or they can reach out to me on Facebook Mm -hmm. under my name if they want to inbox me under Angel M. Jones on Facebook, mm-hmm. or they can email me at globaljonesministries 
at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if they do that and just put their information, they heard me on the broadcast, I will then send them a copy of the book for the $15. And we can work out PayPal, Cash App, yes. whatever works for them. Yes. Like Y'all heard that, that real tonight. talk? Get Go to her. <laughs> I love Go to the author directly. I love Amazon, but go to the author directly. Exactly. Uh, I'm looking at the exactly. book right now. It is well, well written. Y'all know I'm all about presentation, and I'm looking at and then the chapters alone. You just heard two of them, um, and the the story behind it. Get this book, Angel A N G E L L E M Jones. Contact her. Now, Reverend Jones, I am definitely going to have you back because we've got to have, dig deeper into especially the healing, the mother wound. I, that that yes. just struck me. Um, but when people get this book, because they're going to get it, happily never after, mm-hmm. um, what is your prayer that they get from this book, happily never after? So my prayer, because this book is written with believers in mind, Mm -hmm. those who say that they are Christians, those who say they're people of faith. And my prayer, whether male, female, single, or married, is that you would be able to find contentment in whatever situation you find yourself in in life. That is not always easy. That is a task that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to give us the grace for but it is a decision that we have to make. And so Mm. if I could, I would just like to close with the scripture that is the foundation. Um, And that is is Philippians 4, uh, verses 10 through 13. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Mm -hmm. And this is the Apostle Paul, who was single, as we believe, Mm -hmm. um, most scholars believe. And he said, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. And then he goes on, you know, to talk about contentment, of course, in his, uh, through his lens of being a traveling minister, being in need financially, um, having need for housing at times, and just saying to them, in spite of all of that, yes. in spite of the challenges, in spite of hardships in life, I have learned to accept these hardships, these challenges. I have learned to be content no matter what situation I find myself yes. in. And, again, that is my prayer, that God's yes. people will find contentment and happiness in their yes. lives. In that, in that contentment. In, in whatever, no matter whatever, whatever situation. Oh, amen. amen. Reverend Jones, we're going to definitely have you back. Your voice and your presence is one of peace. It is one of hope and uh, definitely one of encouragement. So I thank you for being on the show you. tonight. I thank you for closing uh, uh, in with a scripture. And thank you for offering our listeners, listeners, Real Talk listeners, contact her, Global Jones Ministries at Gmail. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Or yes. Facebook, she's gonna uh, get the book with uh, for fifteen dollars, no shipping, and I I can feel it in my spirit. She's gonna pray over that book, so you better get it. Amen. Get it, get it, Amen. get it. Thank you so much. We're gonna follow Thank you up with so you. Much. 
Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, continue blessings, okay? Thank you. God bless uh, you and your work and ministry. Okay, thank you. Listen, you guys, you know I love, this is what I love to do. I love having people, especially people I've never met and I've only met through uh, when they reach out. Reverend Angel Jones, get her book, Happily Never After. We're talking about conversations now, and I'm going to bring two of my favorite men on at the same time. First of all, you know, I love, love, love my family. Uh, and so I'm going to bring my brother on because we're talking about conversations tonight, and we're talking about fatherhood. And we're going to bring on Brother Alan Stewart first, first and then we're going to bring on Joey. Hey, Brother Alan. Hey, sis, how are you? All right, uh, we're going to do a double thing today um, because we're talking about fatherhood first. And I'm going to bring you on and my brother, Joe, at the same time. CJ. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry about the the mix-up. You can call You can keep it professional. It can can be Joe. (laughs) Joe. Okay. (laughs) Brother Allen and my brother Joe. Two of my favorite men on here tonight. We're going to talk about conversations. And so before we get started, uh, Brother Allen, tell our audience who you are and what uh, where conversations come came from. Well, my name is Minister Allen Stewart. Conversations um, actually was something that was in the back of my mind. I just never thought it would materialize into conversations. It's it's, it's a, some part of it was conversations that I would want to have with my boys, and mm-hmm. it pretty much derived from the book. And it put, and it all based upon when I came to a realization that I didn't like me and the image that I was projecting on myself to my family, my friends, and my kids. Um, and, and and after being hurt to the point of almost almost to the point of no return, almost to the point of no return, how to come back and and how to totally surrender to God and let Him have control of your life. That's what conversation is going to be about. Okay, and you talk about fatherhood, and you talk about how you're just learning how to be a father. You talk about that in the book, and uh, you're going to talk about it in the uh, workshop as well. And so uh, my brother, look, we had, I tell you all the time, I love my daddy. He wasn't perfect, but he was perfect for us. And so seeing my brother be a father uh, at his young age it, uh, just always blesses me. So, Joe, tell our audience who you are. I am the blessing that came into your life 13, at the age of 13. Um, <laughs> you're right. You're right about that. You you level us I'm, out. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 the peacemaker between you yep. and my middle sister, and uh, yep. <laughs> you know, very humble. Um, you know, learned a whole lot from both of you all. Obviously, you know, our parents leaving our lives at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to. I only had certain uh, X amount of years to learn stuff from them, but to get me to the point I, I'm at, you know, I've learned a boatload, and I've always told you all I'm forever in debt to you all, to both of you all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm here again. Po- apologize for for the mix-up in schedule. That's okay. That's okay. As you know, I'm down here in Florida, and it's raining, and we've had traffic all day, so it's uh, uh, okay. kind of crazy. Well, thank you for joining us. Listen, uh, Daddy died when you was 13, and you always say that he taught you more in those 13 years that some, you know, some people you know, and they still have their dads, and they're still learning. So what are, give me three things that you learned from Daddy that is helping you to be a father. And you're only, you just turned 36, been a father for 
since what, 31? Five, no, five years. Uh, I was 30. Five years. And, uh, Thir- yeah, five years, yep. Okay. Um, so, so three things that he taught you that's helping you be a father yeah. right now. Uh, he taught me, you know, I guess from a male perspective, but it was tough love, but I also got to see tough love, you know, bestowed upon you and, and Don or whatnot. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. a man that loved his kids, but also had high expectations and demanded, you know, excellence yeah. and, you know, discipline in your behaviors, but also he was able to, to tear you down, but he could still pick you back up. It mm-hmm. may not, his method of picking you back up may not be what you think it looks like, but, you know, there's things years down the road you look back and you recall, you like, hmm, okay, that, mm-hmm. that's what that is. You know, that toughness obviously resonates in times of adversity. So then that's, you know, when you can recall those particular instances. Um, secondly, which I should probably should have said number one, is independence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was a very independent male. Yes, he loved our mother. He loved our family. But, you know, he always said the terminology, son, son I'm not going to always be here. So, it, you know, he taught said, independence. Exactly yeah, what he said. He told her, I, I got to teach you this because you ain't always going to have me. Those, and we always right. used to say, look, don't stop saying that. But when it happened, we understood what he meant. And so, parents, empower your kids for when you're not there. It does help. Right. And especially being a being a male, you know, I I never once seen him stand there and ask, you know, our mother to do anything for him. You know, yeah. obviously at times when he was sick or down, she she did she did things out of convenience. Now, you know, she, she took care of him as her mm-hmm. as his you know, as his wife. However, I I never seen my father once say, Hey, you know, Irma do this that he couldn't do himself. So, mm-hmm. you know, the independence thing is, is very big and very strong. And, you know, thirdly, I would say, you know, um, you know, high self-expectations. You know, don't don't just settle for just being mediocre. You know, he always mm-hmm. said, you know, you hang around dummies, you're going to be a dummy. So, um, <laughs> Ain't nobody says you know, all the time. yeah, that's that's what that's what he said. So, you know, so so that's the thing, you know, being self-aware of who you are, who you keep around you, and, and what you want to accomplish. Always be hungry to learn something. There's something to learn every day. You can never sit back and say, I've, I've learned enough or whatnot. Uh, and that's just, you know, whether it's, you know, scholastic or, most importantly, mentally emotional. I mean, every day a, there's a learning opportunity. So, you know, you take that. <clears throat> so, Brother Allen, that brings me, listening to that, that when you first talked about what would my boys think, that's what yes. that's what came to my mind. What my brother just said because our father was de- definitely an example. Um, and there's some, you know, like I said, he wasn't perfect. So that he wasn't perfect. We saw some some negative examples, but in the pod, it, most of we we know we know from you know looking at him that was a man and that was a father. So is that what when you talk about what will my boys think? Isn't there a responsibility to fathers, even if you don't know how to be a father, that they should learn and uh, show their kids? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I might have put this in the book, I'm not sure, or we just had it in discussion. But I said, I'm 57 years old, and I just learned how to be a father a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my oldest my oldest child is, is 38, <laughs> you know, so I, I just learned how to be a father a little a little while ago. And and then and the responsibility that comes with it, not just caring for your family, but nurturing them to be 
productive people on their own, to be God-fearing people on their own. Yes. I just love it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you say you're 57, and during that time you you was growing up, there was a lot more uh, intense struggles for black men dealing with segregation, dealing with all that stuff. Um, and so that had an effect on the home, don't you think? Absolutely. I, especially, Tanya, I, I, I'm from Chicago, but I ran away from home when I was 15 years old. I didn't put this in the book. I ran away when I was 15 years old, all the way down to the Liberty Town in Arkansas called Blytheville, Arkansas. And at that time, Arkansas hadn't caught up with the rest of the world up north. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went from mm-hmm. taking uh, uh, typewriting and, and, and typing and computer programming in school to going to school didn't even have electric typewriters. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a big transformation. And the racism, I, you know, I always had to teach my sons, you can't go there. But when I moved this town, you still couldn't even go to some restrooms in that town. Wow. That's how far back it was. And so raising a child then is totally different from raising right. a child now. And I and I even even back then I thought I was setting good examples, and I and I might have been Tanya as far as man is concerned, you yeah. know. But I wasn't setting what I was good say. examples as far as God was concerned. Mhm. Mhm. And and that, and that comes with maturity. That comes with maturity and knowing, like you tell in the book, knowing and getting to a point of who you are. And so uh, that brings me back to Joe. You got a son, JoJo. Um. As a uh, a young father now, and all that you've had to uh, grow up with, you know, uh, what are you teaching your son even now? He's four. What are you teaching your son now about being, like you said, independent, having high expectations, even at the age of four? Well, first off, leading leading by example, so he can wake up and see it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I get him dressed. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I show them things, you know, you move to the point where, okay, you can brush your own teeth, son, um, mm-hmm. answer any little questions he has, daddy, why are you washing my face? Or why are you washing mm-hmm. my ears? I mean, obviously, you know, your nephew's very inquisitive. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I, and I yeah. tell him why, you know, son, you, you have to take care of your temple. You, you, it's not mm-hmm. okay to, to, to be dirty. And, you know, mm-hmm. you probably heard me say this when he's eating and he makes a mess. Son, mm-hmm. you drop crumbs on the floor. It's not okay to make a mess, son. That's not mm-hmm. okay. That may be stereotypical of a boy, but that's not the expectation here. Clean it up. You know, mm-hmm. be conscious of what, what you're doing or whatnot. Yeah. So <clears throat> so I try to, lead, you know, lead by example. And then a lot of times if, if something happens that that up, that upsets him, you know, obviously something his older sister's done, and he'll <laughs> just bust out crying no. and pitch a fit. You know, depending on what it, what it is, if she was legitimately, legitimately wrong or not, you know, I'll, I'll address that a certain way. I will get on him, but then explain to him why he should calm down or why it's not that big a deal. Now, obviously, as he mm-hmm. gets older, hopefully I'll put enough tools in him that he can make that sound judgment in his own life, you know, mm-hmm. when he runs across that. But right now it's just all about building that confidence that it, when that time comes, he can, he can you know, harness his emotions and, and react mm-hmm. a certain way and not be this angry man because obviously as a, as a black man, you know, right. our, our rope's not that long. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Uh, you know, our leash isn't that long. So, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So you said uh, his older sister, my almost birthday twin. <laughs> there's a difference. Well, I don't care what people say. There's a difference in a, a, a father having a, a, a daughter and then a son. Like you said, you teach him um, 
what is the difference that you see having a daughter and a son, even though you have the same expectations, I know the approaches are different. Well, I I think just the responses in life are different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've heard me speak before, you know, obviously my children's skin tone is very different. So as they were younger, when we would go to parties, you know, the first one they would acknowledge, you know, mm-hmm. would be, would be Jackson, you know, and you know, it, it's just, it's just the way, the, you know, the way the ball bounces, you know, that's right. something they're going to have to deal with. So dealing with her is, is all about accepting maybe certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe a more of a positive response for people, mm-hmm. but handling it, being humble and understanding mm-hmm. that, you know, right. you, you know, you are, you are who you are, you know, you got to stay humble that your reaction to your brother may be different. You know, don't, don't let it get you upset. Don't let it, you know, affect you a certain way. So that's mm-hmm. one difference right there with them. But, but also being, being a female, like I said, I've seen my father raise two great women and I was able to see him oh, love you. on them, but at the same time criticize them. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, but off of that balance and not be that angry man. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. He, he, he constructively yeah. corrected us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, 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 he did that, um, because he had high expectations, uh, didn't break our spirits, but we knew that he loved us and uh, he right. expected some things out of us. Uh, and so there is a difference. There's a difference. All kids need their father, uh, boy or a girl, but there's a difference in the love of a daughter she has for her father and the love that a son has for his father. Brother Allen. Now, do you see yes, that ma'am. too with with your uh, with your kids? There's a difference. Oh, oh absolutely, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I raised I raised five kids all together. I also have five kids. Um, mm-hmm. I fathered three sons. I have a daughter that I adopted. I'm a stepson. And mm-hmm. the difference between raising boys and girls is night and day. You know. Yes. And my daughter was was a daddy's baby. Let me tell you, she was a daddy's yes. baby all, all the way. And my sons, I wanted them to be, I always want them to be good men. I, and I, it's funny, Tanya, I was just thinking as you were talking to your brother, when my daughter was growing up, I, I would always tell her, when you get, when you get old, pick your man. You pick your man up just like your daddy. Mm-hmm. And I said that, not realizing all the flaws that I had. I'm like, what was I really telling this girl? Mm-hmm. You know, because as I stated in the book, I hadn't been faithful in a relationship until uh, mm-hmm. Angie, and we're right before Angie. And Angie, that's when I learned how to, be a husband and a father. But mm-hmm. I was a good role model as far as mm-hmm. those things concerned. She wasn't aware of all the other stuff that was going on. But I would say, pick mm-hmm. one of somebody that's like your daddy. Make sure they love their mother first. That's what I would mm-hmm. tell my daughter. Because however they treat their mother, that's how they're going to treat you. And Absolutely. Their that's how they're going to treat you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not always 100%, but, that, but that's a, you, can, you can pretty much rest on that one right there. Yeah, it's yeah. a different world raising daughters and, and sons. Absolutely. Yes. So we're going to... We're going to close it out. I told my brother I would have him on 15 minutes, and I'm going to keep him. <laughs> Joe, because he's, on, he's, I'm here. he's on, on, tell us before you go about, your, I keep saying you're young, professional, married, um, and then, you know, uh, like you said, our parents, you daddy died when you was 13, mama died when you was 22. So you, you had a foundation, but now that you're older uh, and just seeing, you know, you're being in their shoes, what can you leave for the younger men who are becoming fathers? 
what is the one thing that you would tell them? What advice would you give them about fatherhood, being young and being a father? Well, you know, the first thing I would I would suggest is, you know, emotionally soften up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. a man's natural instinct is to be this big, strong, hard wall, and, and and I get that. You still you're a protector, you but you can still be a protector, but still have a delicate nature about you, and you mm-hmm. when that that delicacy allows love and compassion to flow out and in a little bit more. And you know, especially with the boys, yes, you have to be hard on them, but I always tell you. I love all over my son. You know, I make mm-hmm. sure he feels that love from me, especially, you know, when I get on him, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he still knows that there, that there's a lot of love there. And, right. you know, and, be, you know, be responsible, you know, take, take care of, take care of your women, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this person you with, you know, she brought this child into the world with you, you know, whether it's your wife mm-hmm. or your girlfriend or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, have respect for her. You got to understand how you treat her again. Uh, it was just said, you know, pe- your children are watching, whether it's your son mm-hmm. or whether it's your daughter. If you disrespect her in front of them, what do you think he's going to naturally? Either it's two things: either he's going to grow up and have resentment towards you, or he's going to go up and you know repeat what you did to another mm-hmm. woman. So you know you have yes. to be cognizant of that, even especially in front of in front of uh, your daughters. Set an mm-hmm. expectation, you know, set set something out for them to want to build on. Um, I mean, it's a different day. There's a lot of things you got to worry about. I mean, we have to worry about stuff our kids are watching on kids' YouTube right now. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so there, there are a lot of other elements, so you have mm-hmm. to make yourself a little bit, cash the net a lot wider to be able to catch. You're not going to catch everything, but all you can do is hope to infuse them with enough knowledge, enough love that, once again, when they get out there on their own, they can make sound and, and logical and smart decisions. Yes. So that's yes. you know that's that was, that's what I would pass on. Look, real talk. That's my brother right there, and I ain't biased, but he is wise beyond his years. Thank you, CJ. I love you. Thank you for being here. Ah, I love you too. Thank you. All right, you Thank be you safe again. down sorry, there. Sorry for the mix up. Oh, that's okay. You did wonderful. Listen, y'all better look for his book coming out in this year. He's gonna come out with a book. Yeah. All right. Love you, CJ. I'll talk to you later. All right, Brother Allen. Yes, ma'am. We're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back come back and talk about conversations, about faith and the future of the family and whatever the Lord leads you. But we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and it's gonna be all you leading us in okay. conversations, okay? <laughs> all right, real time Tanya White. We are gonna take a brief break, uh, talking about conversations tonight. Uh, when we come back, Brother Allen, Minister Allen Stewart is going to talk about faith and uh, just some other man stuff. It's still Love Matters Month. We'll be back in about five minutes.
Back to Real Talk with Tanya White. That was Beyonce. I love that song. I first heard it and cried because that she she wrote that song and didn't even know me. That's how I felt about my daddy. Um, and so we're talking about conversations tonight, uh, faith, fatherhood, and the future of the family. We're going to bring back Minister Alan Stewart, and this is his yes, uh, brainchild, conversations. Hi, Minister Alan, Brother Alan. How are you? Hello, hello. Listen, let's talk about these conversations. This is workshops, your message for men, uh, topics for men, about men, and help motivate and mentor men. Um, and so before we get into that, why is it so hard for men to communicate their feelings, uh, not just 
to uh, just to people in general from a man's perspective? Well, well, you said why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. There, there are a couple of reasons. The main reason for me it was so hard. One, it brings back a lot of hurt, Tommy. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it brings back a lot of hurt that that I've physically had to go through to even be able to talk about how to heal from it. I had to yeah. relive it. Even when writing the writing a book, it was it took a little toll on me. Um, just re, yeah. reliving some of the the situations and the, and the circumstances that as things went forth, and 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 nowadays it seems like it's it, it maybe it's just me, but it seems like it's harder to reach our, our young men today. Mm-hmm. You know that's mm-hmm. why I like getting kids in the multiple age, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten, when you can really pour into them, and and then uh, have them watch watch them grow into young men. But if you wait, if we wait till thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, try to catch them, then you almost lost them. I think that's the right. hardest part about it is, is catching them early and 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 realize that we got to catch them early. Yeah, they're cute yeah. and adorable, but that's when they need to be taught. Yes, and and see, I, this is why I love conversations because you said uh, it's it, it's hard to talk to people because when you're processing and you're going through that hard hurt, it takes you back to that moment. And as as a society, we have not uh, taught people how to process and press through that hurt to get to that wholeness. So so that's why I love your concept of manversations. Um, And so what in these, I know these are workshops and gatherings, but you're also going to, your goal is to mentor and mentor young men and and season men who think that they're young, <laughs> because uh, a lot of men are, and I heard a preacher say this: their uh, their development is arrested because of just what you said. They stuck in that hurt, and so whenever uh, whatever trauma has happened, whether we realize it or not, if we haven't processed through it, we're stuck right in that moment. And so a lot of men, because women, we have an outlet. <laughs> we talk. We talk. Yes. We talk to our girlfriends. We talk to we talk. We talk it out. But it's different for men, and so um, sometimes more men are their development is arrested. So tell us what. Give us some some nuggets from conversations uh, about broke. That's the one. Broke. Broken and bruised. <laughs> broke, broken and bruised. Yes. Yes. How to bounce? How how to bounce back? After being broke, broken, yes. and bruised, yes. you know, uh, a lot of men, Tanya, we go, we all go through this, but we don't really talk about it too much. You know, no man ever wants to admit that. For one thing, somebody told them they didn't want them anymore. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear that. We want, we want to be the one to say that. You know, we don't want to right. ever let them know that our that our feelings were hurt. You know, we've been we've been conditioned as, as from children on to be tough. And men don't cry, biggest lie I ever told. <laughs> you know, men don't cry. And we hold these feelings in, and then when we get to be grown, they just burst out and go kind of everywhere, and we are, seem to be uncontrollable because we try to hold these things in. How to bounce back after being broke, broken and bruised, I, I say one of my favorite topics because it is, but a lot of people don't know how to bounce back. A lot of mm-hmm. people never bounce back. They don't. They necessarily say they die. They just keep living and going through the same process, or or not seeking any new, nothing new. You know, right. I know some people telling you that that still dealing with relationships the way they dealt with them back in the nineties. Right. You know, 
it's it's my way or no way, and and the, and the woman's place is in the kitchen, and, and 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 all those things that we were conditioned and taught to be about. And when we, when we find ourselves by ourselves, we won't let the, the 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 real realness of the situation sink in and say, you know what, I really wasn't. A, I'm really not a good person, and I need some kind of avenue to get that. We'd rather be tough and hard and go on living like that and keep womanizing the way that we've been doing, and and that's not how to do it. You, you'll never bounce back that way. You'll never go forward. You'll be stagnant for the rest of your life. Yes, and, and, and in the book, you guys, if you don't know, uh, Brother Allen has written a book with his uh, beautiful wife, Angie, Just When I Thought, When God Chooses, No One Loses. In the book, you're so transparent about that, uh, your brokenness when you had an awakening, is when you was broken. Um, do you think more men, uh, a lot of men reach that brokenness where you were? Absolutely. You may never know it. You may never know it, Tommy, but they do. Because in the promoting of this, of my manifestations, just talking to various men to see how it would go, one-on-one, everybody is receptive to it. You know what, Alan, you really need to do that because people need to hear about that because that's it. It's me right there. We all have come to that point of brokenness. Mm -hmm. No matter how much of a thug we may think we are at that time, if we haven't come to it, then keep living because you're going to come to it. But a lot of us don't know how to move on from that. You know, we, we think now we have to be even more thuggish. I'm not going to let this woman know that she's back to me like this. You know, right. I'm going to go out and date five more women. I'll show her. That's the way, that's right. the attitude, you know, and not, and not really adjusting the problem at all. Not really adjusting the problem at all. Right. So, so where, because in the book you say you were broken and uh, a woman broke your heart, but you made you made a decision. <laughs> And I think that's where a lot of uh, people uh, are, are being stuck, that arrested development, that they're, they're making the wrong decisions. Uh, do, when you're broken and you're at that point, that I call it that, that Saul, you were changing the Paul moment, mm-hmm. there's some decisions mm-hmm. that you had to make. And the great decision that you write about in the book, you looked at yourself. And say, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. Yes, I stood up and I was, I was, I was, I had after what I had gone through losing, I was losing my family, my my home, my job, and 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 all this while I'm while I'm really trying to be a good husband. You know, mm-hmm. I, I put those other things behind me, and but you know, and I I walked past the mirror as I was getting out of the shower. And I looked in the mirror, Tanya, and it scared me. I really didn't like what I saw. Mm. I, I said, you know what? You are an ugly mess. Mm-hmm. You think you all this, but just, just, just look at yourself. I said, look what you've done to all these people in your life. And now you're getting a taste of it back, and you're ready to, to, to put a gun to your head. Just mm. think how many lives you have destroyed. And now you're sitting here talking about you want to take your own life? That's, that's mm. the easy way out. The hardest thing right. to do is to go down on your knees and just man up and say, Lord, that which, which brings about another chapter in my conversations. I'm tired of running. And say, Lord, I'm, yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of running from woman to woman, from relationship to relationship. And most of all, I'm tired of running from you. Yeah. I know you call me. I know I'm, I'm supposed to live right. I was taught that as a child. I have gotten so far away from that. And when I woke up that morning in that hotel room and I said, Lord, has my life come to this? Mm-hmm. Everything that I own in the world is in the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. If you if you get me out of this right here, I'll live for you. I mean, you won't have to get me out of anything else. 
And Tanya, that's, I, I heard a preacher say one time, you'll never know God is all you need until God is all you got. I know that's right. And when, and when, and when, I, when, I, when, I, when that situation hit me, Tanya, I didn't have anything else. After all the money I made, everything was gone. I had nothing else but the Lord. Mm. And I tell you, that's how this whole sequence of events came to be. That's how I'm talking to you right now was because of the, the decision I made in that little cheap hotel room that yes. day to give up, to finally surrender. Yet finally surrender. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Brother Alan Stewart, Arthur, caught one of the co-authors of the book, Just When I Saw, and he's talking about his conversations. And I'm just going to call it a conversations movement. It's going to be a lot of workshops, gatherings, and these are designed for men uh, to help motivate men and mentor men. And so uh, connect with Brother Alan Stewart, Facebook, Alan Stewart, uh, the A-Team on Facebook. This is really going to be uh, just, I just sense it's going to be bring so much healing um, to, like you said, to men uh, and those who don't have the, those those ro- role models or in their life yes. to really talk to and help. Now, um, talked about, what women but boys think, but I want to talk a little bit more. Uh, I'm tired of running, of running, because when I look at the our men, especially our black men who are incarcerated, they were running from something, and they they were yeah. running and, and, and got in, caught up into some things that got them incarcerated. How and I, and I just see you doing some conversation workshops <laughs> to uh, men in, in, incarcerated too, because. Um, they they need encouragement and building up. How can you uh, talk to and say uh, a young man is on the brink? He's sixteen, getting right. You know, he's already in adulthood age. Anything he can do, he'd be tried as adult. What what can mm-hmm. you say to him? Give him some conversation tips. Somebody who's running with the wrong crowd, but he's running with the wrong crowd because he's running from a, a mess at home. Um. He doesn't have any community at school. Uh, a lot of our kids, they never been to church. I can tell you that. I've been with the district since 99, and I've seen a decline. Um, some of these babies, they 12 and 13, and they never stepped foot in the church. How can you give them some, what would you say to that that boy uh, who's in desperate need of some conversations at that time? Yeah, and you know, kind of, that's really that's that's the kind of situation I've, I've kind of saw myself dealing with, because mm-hmm. some some people have been out there that very age group that you're talking about, so they don't have anything else. Their home mm-hmm. life is a wreck, whether it be a single parent, um, two parent, they're always fussing and fighting, physically mm-hmm. fighting, or whether it be no parent. For some of these kids, are raising themselves. Yeah, and, you know, they want they want to do what's right, but but they see the easy way out, and, and you know. The, the first thing I would want to tell them, Tanya, we got to be wise and be aware of the enemy. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. be aware of the enemy. You got to be able to spot him, how he will get you caught up, and how he wants to get you caught up. Because he has one purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants to do with your life. You have mm-hmm. the power to stop him from doing it. Now, yeah. I've been, I, I grew up in the streets, Tanya. I grew up in Chicago till I was 15, then I went to Arkansas. I've been around a lot of drug dealers and what have you, and I've only seen two outcomes, mm-hmm. death or jail. The only That's outcomes right. I've ever seen. 
I, I don't know nobody that's made it and and got out and that's all a, a fantasy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would tell them the life you're living, there ain't but two outcomes that you're doing it. And I've had to, to really say this to people, people that I love, and some get it, and unfortunately some don't, you mm-hmm. know. But the road that you're on is not going to get you anywhere. The the thing that we need to instill most in our children that age is the love and hope in Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. something people seem to think that, well, you know, they don't want to hear about that right now when they're struggling. But, you know, that's what they need to hear about. No. Because and that's they, and they where really all, do. yeah, that's where all the answers come from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who, who are they going to take advice from? The, the, the older brother that's, up, that's already locked up and he's right. telling me to stay off the game? You know, that's not working. We, we've already done that. Or, or their father who was in the game and, and, and you get to go see him on visiting days and he's, Telling you to straighten up, but you ain't hearing that. You, you're still around the fast money, the, the right. cars, the women, and everything that goes along with it. Nobody's telling them, or very few people are telling them about Jesus Christ. That's right. where you start reaching them. At. You know, first thing you got to do is get them out of their normal routine, get them yeah. out of the street life. You know, take them. Don't don't tell them to go to church. Take them to church. Take you know, take I'm coming by. To, I'm coming by to get you. And then because Jesus. Jesus will open their heart. You know, we try to put so much of the load on us. Tommy, we don't have anything to, that we can do. Nothing. Unless God <laughs> gives us the strength and, and, and wisdom to do it, we, we can't do nothing on our own. We barely survived it ourselves. Right, right. So we have to, we have to, we have to be a demonstration of that love by building relationships with them, and then, you know. Praying and then showing them the love of Jesus Christ, because like you said, when we do that, Jesus is going to open their heart. And um, yes, He will. And uh, because you said some people say they don't want to hear that, and I, I, I work in a school system, they want something different. Uh, and children are the most authentic um, detectors of the truth. <laughs> So they they know what's real and what's not, and so when they connect with you as an as as a person, and they start talking, uh, and they realize something different is about you, that is the opening that God gives us to minister now, because they'll ask questions, why are you so nice to me? <laughs> because yeah. some of them have never had anybody be nice to them without strings attached. And so when they see that you're nice and there's no strings attached, they they realize that. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to say this because we we were talking about this specific age group, but in my conversations with men, I'm finding there are a lot of adult men trying to ask the same question. Mm -hmm. The same one you said, man, why why are you so real with me? You know, know, well, you know, why why are you doing this for me? Why why would you Mm -hmm. do that for me? These are grown men asking me that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because they've never seen anything different, um, and so it's up to to us uh, and uh, up to you uh, as a man. That's why I, I'm just loving and I'm excited about memorizations and know it's going to just be a powerful uh, movement um, because men need to know that they need to see something different. They need some see something genuine, and they need to see uh, be around people that they trust and they can open up to so they can heal and yeah. not be stuck in what, in that place in that time that hurt them. So what what are some what are some what is your other visions? I know it's workshops but what is 
the manifestations and minister men. What are some other things that you're gonna do um to get to do what God has called you to do and God has called you to minister especially to the men. Young young, old, seasoned, everybody. Yes. Tanya, I would I, you know, you know, I've been thinking about other things that that, that I could do that was other than sitting down one on one conversations or even doing mm-hmm. a, a manifestation thing. I don't want everything to be strictly geared around sitting down round table style. I like mm-hmm. to get out and do some things, things that they may have never done before, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I was a, when I was a kid, Tanya, I I I was pretty well rounded. I mean, as far as yeah. outside activities, I bowled, I skated, I I shot archery, you know. I yeah. did a whole lot of things that some the people seem to not do those things anymore with their kids and spend that time, you know. Everybody thinks if I'm not playing the Xbox or the PlayStation, right. then I ain't got nothing else to do. You know, there, there's, yeah. there's more to life than Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. And that's see, I, if, I like to reach out to them that way. Let's do some things. Stuff. Right. We have right. to right. get we out. We stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's funny. When I was growing up, and we were, I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day, my punishment was to make me stay in the house. Because right. if you didn't make me stay in the house, I was outside. I was outside. You know, we played outside sports. All the time on the street corners where I grew yes. up, you know, we 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 rode many bike things, golf cart, uh, go karts and stuff like that. We we did skating boards and all them, all those things that we tend to shy away from now. You know, we we play them on video games. I would get them out of the house where they can use their mind. Not that playing games isn't stimulating the mind because I'm sure to some degree mm-hmm. it is. But let's do some one on some hands on things. You know, some miniature golf, some golf, right? Uh, Basketball is okay too. You know, you're right. Something different. Something different. Mm-hmm. We think to we think to narrow down the things that we can do. Oh, there ain't nothing to do. No, there's a lot to do. It's we just choose not to do it. Yes. So that leads me to the question: When, as you're you're, you're showing people a different a different perspective, and uh, I want to close out with how we can um, rebuild healthy and functional families because we're in a time where. Families are not healthy. They're not functional. Even families, uh, Christian families. How can we get back to that? And and how important is it for men to lead that change? It is very, very important for the man to stand up and take their rightful place. Mm-hmm. You know, we seem to have taken a bike back seat to women because women did it because we didn't do it. But it's, yes. it's, that's not the way God intended it, okay? If we can go back to the scriptures and, and see how a man's supposed to govern his house and how he's supposed to do everything else, everything will fall into place. You know, we, we have to get back to the root. And, and back, as the scripture said, back to your first love. You know, and the first love is Jesus Christ. We, yes. And if we don't get back to him, we just really just, just going around spinning in circles, you know. Even though we, we might we might say that we're Christians and we might do this and do that, but if God is not the focal point of our life, if not if you're not making it the focal point of your kid's life, then that's mm-hmm. where the, that's where the whole thing starts to break down, right mm-hmm. there and there. And you know Absolutely. from there you can you can start handling the smaller situations because everybody's now on one on one accord. So there should be no questions asked about on Sunday morning. Is we going to give them reference to God this morning? Before we right. do anything else, we're going to take this hour, two hours out of our day as a family, and we're going to go give reverence to God to thank him for what he's already done. Thank him for what we have, even though what we have may not be perfect, but we still got it. 
Yeah. We're going to thank him from there and then go on. Attend, the, attend some Bible studies. Learn of God's word. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can't live it if you don't know it. Right. And people say, well, I'm a good person, but unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of good people going to hell, what? you know, because they're still saved. Unfortunately, and you, you, there and will be. be. There will be. And um, I, it just, when you said, when you just said that uh, about we are going to take, the father's going to say, we are going to take, we're going to church on Sunday. That's exactly what my daddy did. We ain't, wasn't no yeah. sitting up in the house on <laughs> Sunday. Now, there was a time when neither one of my uh, my mother and father went to church and they sent us, but when they went back, we all going to church. Uh, and I remember that time I was trying to, I was a teenager, I'm like, I ain't going to church today. Oh, he's like, oh, yes, you are. We all go to church in this house. We all go yes, to church ma'am. on Sunday. <laughs> And so, and there ain't no um, questions asked about it. No, no questions asked. You can ask them, but you ain't gonna get no answer. You going to church, and um, and we gotta get back to the also studying and reading the word, um, and just family time in general. I know my dad was big on we're gonna eat together as a family. Yeah. Uh, and that was our time to communicate, to talk to one another. Uh, he hated. We didn't have cell phones back then. We had the house phone, and if mm-hmm. we was at dinner and the phone rang, and it was one of our friends. He was like, uh, "You tell them we eat dinner as a family from this time to this time." And I'm like, "Why? Why should I tell them?" But now I understand because he wanted that time to be sacred. That was his Absolutely. time to lead the family to find out what was going on, and so. Um, if we want to get back to healthy families, I, I, exactly what you said, the man has to lead it, has to lead first to, to God. And then, uh, like both you and my brother said, you have to be the example, have to be the example in the family. Um, what is, we got about three more minutes, how important is for that family, because it's, it's a lot of kids don't have mom, don't have dad, they're with either aunt, cousin, somebody else who is raising them so they don't have the traditional male role model. How important is for us in the church or in, even in the community to step up and not just in times of need, but consistently all the time to be a, a consistent person in there? It, it's, it's very important. And, and the, the thing about that, Tanya, we can't just step up every once in a while. You just said it. Right. It's consistency. And these people have to see you the same way all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they need some type of structure. And, and, and you can be that, that one source of structure in their life. They can know mm-hmm. that if I'm going to talk to Brother Alan, if I'm going to talk to Sister Tanya, I, I know how they're going to present to me because we're yeah. not going to come out of a different bag on them, you know, when they come different, even in their mess. Even in mm-hmm. the mess, I, I use the I, I use the principle time that I use when I was doing business and had employees. I call it the three Bs. When I'm conversating with them and I have to teach them or correct them, I build them, I mm-hmm. break them, and then I build them back again. See, you never leave them in a broke state. You oh never my leave goodness! Them in a state. Say it again, brother you know? Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's no, the three that is Bs. real right them, there. You break mm-hmm. them and you build them again. Mm-hmm. You know. I believe you. You know you did a good job, but let's do it this way. I'm telling them why you changed them, what they are, and then build them, and then then leave them built again. Okay, mm-hmm. so they'll know. Okay, I messed up, but it ain't the end of the world. I can go on right. and get it right from here on out. 
Right. Absolutely. And as a community, you got to do that. I, I was read, I read a book once. Um, I'm a pillory wrote up like you did. It takes a village. Yes. Yes. It, it takes a village. Yes. And uh, and 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 it, and it really does. It, it really does. It takes. When I grew up, all my all my neighbors, my my friends, parents raised me. You know, if I did something out of the way, right? It was it was the news would beat would beat me back home. <laughs> yes. And I would get in trouble by some everybody when I messed up. Mm. Yes, and, and, and yes, it takes we, the we village, got, we, we and we got we yeah. got to teach the village uh, those three B's, Alan. We we gonna we gonna trademark them because it's gonna be they're gonna be in some book. Build them, break them, and rebuild them again. We've got to teach again. the village yeah. how to do that, um, because a lot of leaders, a lot of fathers, a lot of mothers, a lot of bosses, a lot of people who have influence over people are stopping at that second one. Breaking it, and exactly. Leaving people in a broken state, um, and what I'm realizing as uh, the counselor comes, and I'm trying to say, why is it? Because bro- most of them are still in that state of brokenness, and they haven't advanced forth, so they don't know how to rebuild people because they have not rebuilt themselves. But we, as exactly a village, right. when we see people broken, we have to step it up. And try to rebuild them again Brother Allen It has been wonderful having you on the show Tell our audience how they can stay Connected to you um, get you, How they can get your book And then I want you to close us out With whatever is on your heart Dealing with Manversations Faith, fatherhood And a healthy family Yes Well first of all you know you can find us At our uh... The 18th in uh, 2019 Indiana uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You, you can email us. Um, you can purchase the book if you want a copy of Just When I Thought When God Chooses No One Loses uh, by PayPal.me forward slash Stuart Jr. There's a cost of $15, but I, I'm hoping it's a, I hope it's a life changing book. If I were yes. to leave you all with, with anything in any words of wisdom, um, as a matter of fact, I, there's, a, there's a quote that we wrote for our kids. Tanya, that we wrote in our book for our kids mm-hmm. that I believe it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God yes. and his righteousness and all these things shall be added and added unto you. You don't have to worry about the riches and, and whether you're going to be successful in life if you seek God first. Mm-hmm. He won't withhold anything from you. He don't want you to. Yeah. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He yeah. wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. He wants us to be those things. We don't have to be the, the borrower all the time, you know, seek him first. And I, I yes. promise you with everything in that I know, he will lead you and guide you in the direction. And before you look back, you'll look back as the, same, as the song says, my soul looks back and wonder how I made it over. Okay. Yes. You say, how did I ever get, get out of this right here? Lord, you have brought me a long way. And that's how, yes. that's how you do it, you know. Seek God first in everything that you do, in, in everything that you do. I mean, I'll tell you, surrendering to Tonda, Tanya is the one lesson that I learned through all the book writing and everything that we've done. That's it. None of this was possible until you surrender. That until is I, I probably still would have been spinning my wheels, you know. Absolutely, because you made a decision. We're gonna talk about this tomorrow. You made a decision to surrender and change your life, and that's what we've got to do. We got to make a decision. Uh, and when you don't make a decision, brother Allen, what happens? You made the decision. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, right. when you don't make one, you you make the decision. Brother Allen, I love you. Thank you for being on Love you too, sis. Home. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. yes it's I been fun. Yes, and we're going to definitely have you on again. Um, And how can they, well, before we go, how can they book you to be a, a speaker or teach one of your manversation workshops? Uh, they, can, they can go to our Facebook page. They can email me, uh, the A-Team 2019 Indiana mm-hmm. uh, at com. You, you can reach us there. Our Facebook page is the same, the A-Team. Uh, we can go there. Uh, you can call my phone, 260-636-9011. It's not a private number or anything. Um, if you if you need some help, just you just need to talk to somebody. My wife and I we're we're, we're more than happy to to do what God has blessed us to do. You know, it's no problem at all. Yes, yes. Contact them. I will put it up in the thing. Thank you, brother Allen. We're gonna follow up with you later, and you have a good night. Okay. You too, son. I love you. And love you too. Bye bye. Listen, real talk. Another show under our belt was great. Everybody was flowing in the same thing. Love Matters Month has been super, uh, just love everywhere. If you missed any of the show, we have our archives. Listen, next week kicks off March, which is Women's Month. I cannot wait to have all my sisters on. We got a power-packed show each week talking about women's issues. We're going to inspire, motivate, and move women into another level. I'm telling you, I, I'm just excited. Each week, we got at least three three awesome, phenomenal sisters who are going to share their stories of uh, trauma, triumph, and this testimonies galore. So tune in next week. We actually talked about uh, little girl trauma brings big girl drama. And we got three ladies going to be on our panel uh, we got Shonda from Dallas, uh, Brenda Richmond Davis from Louisville, and Gwendolyn McCormick from Louisville. They're going to be on our panel. And we're going to show you how three women from three different sectors of a life, they have the same story. Uh, and then we have the minister, Cassandra Gray, from Shelbyville. She's going to bring it all together and bring us the uh, the counseling part of what when we have trauma as women, how we can press through Get healing so we don't have that drama when we are in our, our womanhood. Ooh, it's going to be so good. I'm telling you, tune in next week. Listen, if you want to be a guest on the show, email me at realtalkwithtanyawhite at gmail.com. If you want to be a sponsor, do the same thing. Connect with me uh, on Facebook, Instagram. It's Real Talk with Tanya White. Um, listen, get the book. If you haven't signed up for the conference April 6th, please do so, $29. Uh, there will be no registration at the door. Registration ends April 1st. Listen, we've got to step it up. We're going to the next level. We've got to do what we need to do and get our tickets and, and start waiting until the last minute. That's what the Lord told me to do. No no registration at the door. Registration is over April 1st. Listen, we're going to close out the love month with one of my favorite Marvin Sapp songs, Beloved. Because when we think about love, we have to realize we cannot love ourselves. We cannot love other people unless we know that we are beloved by God. 
And so listen, I love you guys. Tune in next week as we kick off Women's Month. Listen to the archives. We're only 60 shows away from reaching 50,000 all-time listening downloads. I love you guys. Beloved. Beloved, when you think of what the Lord has done, every victory even he has won. The fact that you did not make it here on your own It ought to make you say Beloved When you think about the price you paid How on Calvary your soul he saved The fact that he suffered, bled, and died for your sin It ought to make you say Thanks not except there's no thanks at all Every now and then you ought to testify Cause we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He saved, he raised me, he healed me, and he filled me.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.